The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to bring to you um, our show today. On our show, we focus on women helping women to become our happiest self. Right, our happiest self using peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, everything that showed up in our life to get to the happiest version of ourselves. And we have a fabulous guest with us today who is going to assist us in learning how to use our inner coach. Too often we're using our inner critic. So I'm so excited to bring to, to you as our guest today, uh, Lynette Eddy, who is has a master's in social work. She is an author a social activist and the founder of Eddie House, a nonprofit that focuses on helping homeless and at-risk teens. Lynette Eddie is a recipient of several national, state, and community awards for her achievement in social work. The Fight Inside is her first book. Eddie has um, resides in Reno, Nevada. She's here today to talk to us about the fight inside. Welcome to the show, Lynette. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am super happy to have you here. And we're just going to jump right in. I want to know, where did your passion for um, this fight within this inner critic, inner coach work come from? Well, it started actually... 2010, my husband died by suicide. And I was finishing my master's degree in social work, and I was doing a lot of clinical work. And I tried to diagnose him from, you know, what I learned, what I was learning. And I went through the DSM, which is the psychiatrist Bible of diagnoses. And I couldn't find anything, any, he didn't fit the criteria of anything. Thing like uh, bipolar or any mental illness or personality disorder. And I was married for 30 years and I knew what happened. He lost his true self. And then I dove into that concept of how does someone get so bogged down in their inner critic and lose their spirit, soul, whatever you call it, your higher self, your inner coach. And I watched him go. He was in high finance for a career and he got obsessed with making more money, possessions. He never had enough. And then it, it was gambling, girlfriends, things I didn't even know about. But I really dove into that concept of the inner critic and I broke it down into it's that voice that tells us we're not enough, we'll never, we don't have enough, we don't do enough, all that. It compares us with other people. It judges, uh, judges others, judges ourselves. 
and it's based in um, there's a uh, trauma from early days is involved. It has to do with self-love, you know, and he had in his suicide note, I can't live with myself any longer. He clearly was, had lost his sense of self and was into the, what I call the ego or the inner critic. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know that is very difficult to live and very difficult to recount. So um, my heart is is open because that's a lot to share in, in, a, in an effort to help others. So um, thank you for that. And as I listen to you to you say that, and I, I go through my own experiences with uh, my own life and people that I've had the privilege of having talked to through interviews and or coached as a life coach, um, you said something that really I hear over and over again in some form or fashion, which is I am not enough. Right. And um, unfortunately, it affects a lot of, I see this happening all over our rates of anxiety, depression, suicide rates, it's crazy how it's gone up and particularly with young women. And that's, that's really upsetting when, and I think a lot has to do with the body imaging, uh, social media, where you're, you're constantly comparing yourself with others and not feeling enough. And we're told by our consumer society that, you know, we have to buy more and be more and look better and, and then we lose sense of who we really are. And we're trying to be something that we're not. In that conflict, you will never be happy. So, so that's, I think that's the million dollar question. Um, is self-awareness, right? You, you, we, talk, we opened the show up by talking about the, you know, um, the inner critic, right? And, but I think... That yeah, that's their part of us. Um, I, I go back to my childhood and thinking that you know, always striving to be better, always striving to be better, always striving to, and it sounds really good, right? Until you realize that somewhere along the line, we may have misinterpreted that with "you're not enough at this moment," right? They're not they're not necessarily saying the same thing, but I could see how we could get that um, misconstrued. But I think at the core of this is. How do we get to know who we are? We have to listen to that inner coach, our spirit, our higher self, whatever you call it. We have to pay attention to what stokes us. What stokes us when we feel passionate about something? What, what are the signs? Look for those. Pay attention to your, the patterns in your thinking. And especially pay attention to those egoic patterns and be like, no, that's I'm in and start recognizing those patterns when they show up and just say, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm listening to what I truly want, no matter what. And right after he died and I listened to that voice and I actually said, okay, I'm not going to be a victim here. I'm going to do something good, something positive out of this. And so that I just like felt in my heart, I had to do something that would make a difference in, in young kids who are homeless on the streets in their life. And that's when I started this, um, 
my nonprofit called Eddie House, which has helped thousands of homeless and at-risk youth and is a national model today. I would not have done that if I did not listen to my higher self. And everyone has that spark in them. It just gets so muted. And, you know, it has to do with our caregivers, too. Whoever was our caregiver, they, they tell us what they, we have expectations put on us and how we're supposed to live our life. Stop that. Live your life how you want to live it. You, the uh, uh, hospice nurse Bonnie Ware wrote a book that she listened to uh, all these hospice patients, and one of the biggest regrets they have is they lived a life other people's wanted expected them to live, not what they wanted to live. So what I'm saying is, true happiness is listening to that voice, the one from your spirit, from your heart, that true solid core of who you are recognize it and blaze it up girl <laughs> we all have it in us you're making me smile with my soul i have to tell you and uh, i'm a person when i when i listen to people who touch my heart and soul i get images in my mind right and so as you're talking i'm saying to myself oh my gosh i'm not saying to myself i'm seeing this image of women just dancing and and in, in a circle and barefoot and wild and crazy and just into our feelings, right? And so I want to stay there for a moment because um, this show, we are focusing on women, helping women. And you opened up with such a vulnerable vulnerable story. And in some form or fashion, I know we all can relate to loss and, and we all can relate to the impact of that it has on us as women, you know, making... You know, someone else, and I'll use motherhood is one of the biggest things. You know, so much critics around mothers could have, should have, and all this stuff. And we carry all of that on our backs. And then, of course, the, the successes and failures of our spouses, we carry that on our back. And, and, and trying to be um, everything to everyone. What I hear a lot in my coaching sessions with women is that there is this sense of wanting to not wanting to not be so emotional about everything right wanting to approach things from a more intellectual standpoint and while I I would love to hear that hear your thoughts on that because what I'm hearing you say if I'm, if I'm interpreting it right is that these feelings matter what you are feeling matters. You said something. You said, uh, pay attention to that, that first, what, what stokes you. I don't want to leave that because how can we get people to pay attention to that and not go so quickly from the feeling to the reasoning mind? Well, I mean, obviously there, you know, there is a balance, but you have, if, you are determined, you, you feel what you want to do, you're stoked by something, you feel a passion of flame lighting up. You have to be smart about it. You have to, you know, use your, use your brain about, well, how am I going to get there? And what are the steps to get there? What are the things I, I'm wasting my life on? Be more intentional. That's the word, intentional about how you get to that place that is fueling you. Just be intentional about it and uh, just do it. 
Oh, and you said something that <laughs> you said right there. You're just um, you're you're doing you're you're creating this magic for all of us, and I want the women to really get this. You said use your brain to figure out how to. And I'm paraphrasing it. Use your brain to figure out how to achieve whatever it is that stoked you. So pay attention first is what I'm hearing. You we got to pay attention. And in order to pay attention, I want to say this: we have got to slow. Yeah. Right. We have this runaway train going on in our head with all these thoughts and, uh, you know, and to sort that out when it's like over, just, you know, ready to crash, you've, you've got to slow it down. I journal, I pay attention every day, you know, I journal, I meditate, I, I take the time and be in the present moment as much as you can. And, and that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. I like that. Taking the time to journal. There is something so wonderful about that. And people really right now, if you're listening to the show and you're already kind of tuning out because you don't like the idea of journaling, because it seems so hard. If you just write on a piece of paper, I am and leave it blank. To me, that is a complete journaling. That's a complete cathartic journaling experience to know that you, I am. And then one day get the courage to put on there, I am enough. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to be compassionate with yourself. Be easy on yourself. We're too hard on ourselves sometimes. And find that self-love. You have to learn to love yourself. We've all made mistakes. Let it go. Like recognize things you've done in the past that you, whatever it is, the wounds we have buried deep in our psyche, the only way to get through them or to get around them, you can't get around them. You have to go through them. You have to clean out and scrub those wounds. And there's no easy way. It's not a lot of fun, but believe me, it's worth it. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifetime project too, let me tell you. <laughs> it is a lifetime project. Deciding that we want to go into this cave within ourselves, right? And excavate, right? And pull, that's a lifetime project. Don't think you're going to go in there one day, clean it out and not have to go back in. Because as we're cleaning out all this emotional stuff, some things, let's be honest, some trauma that just happened in our life. No one's really to blame. It's just sort of happened. And other trauma that we sort of caused a little bit. We, you know, none of us is perfect. We've caused some pain in other people's lives too. That's just, that keeps us humble, right? So we know that we have caused pain unintentionally sometimes as well. But being, I think, um, quick to forgive yourself, right? Quick Absolutely. To forgive yourself. Quick to forgive yourself. You, I, I really wish, um, and I can tell you, you're doing great work with, with, with your shelters and the, the work that you're doing is so incredible and so helpful in our society. And I'm hoping that as women are listening to our show together today, that in my mind, in my heart right now, I feel there needs we need to be able to come together and just have a, um, I don't know, what do they call that sort of... At, just a session of just dancing and 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 in a circle, and I'm going back to the seventies, right? <laughs> we just dance in a circle and dance it out, and and you know drum it out, get all of this up and out of us, because we are carrying so much. You're talking about the inner critic 
in the inner coach. The inner critic has got to be exhausted. We are working that over time, I believe. And I believe women can heal the world. I truly believe that. We heal, but we have to heal ourselves first. We have to heal ourselves. Then collectively, we are going to heal the world because we have so much compassion and love within us. And we, we just, but we need to get rid of that inner critic and get into our true spirit. And there's yeah. nothing going to stop us. Women are amazing. So how, do we, how does a woman know? She's been work, running her whole life for so many years using the, the power of the inner critic. How can a woman recognize, oh, that's my inner critic? What are the telltale time, signs that your inner critic is ruling you? When you look at the patterns of, you know, well, it's your thoughts that determine your choices and, the, you know, basically the direction your life's going to go in. So pay attention to your thoughts. What thoughts are not serving you well? What thoughts are? And it's and when you start recognizing these egoic patterns that are happening in your mind, you know, the not good enough, the comparing, all that, uh, then learn to let them go. Don't take them serious. Kind of sit back into your spirit, witness those thoughts when they come by, and just let them go. And it sounds a little trippy, but... Once you get in the habit of doing that, you'd be amazed at, you start laughing at yourself when you start putting yourself down or something. You're like, seriously, girl, come on. Right. Come on. And laughter is a great way to help get out of that um, inner critic, that egoic mind. Right. But I like what you said. Eckhart Tolle says um, something like that too. He says, start watching those thoughts like clouds. And if any of us have ever had the opportunity as little girls to twirl around or lie in the grass and look at the clouds and watch them move, Right. And you realize that and Eckhart totally says that our thoughts can be just like that. We can just watch the cloud, watch that thought go by that says, oh, you weren't supportive enough, or oh, you're not pretty enough, or oh, you're not thin enough, or oh, you don't have the correct background, whatever it says. And just watch it. And I love what you said. And then just start laughing. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness. Is, are you saying this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We we bring on so much psychological suffering that's unnecessary. We do it to ourselves and it's just insanity and we've got to stop it. You know, sometimes it, like you can hear yourself putting yourself down and you're thinking if someone were talking to my best friend like that, I would tell them to be, you know, stop it. You, you're not going to talk to her like that. So why do we let ourselves talk to ourselves like that? You know, if you think of it like that. And you're absolutely right. And you think about, there's something, um, you're just making me, uh, this is such good points. And I hope our listening audience um, really, really is picking up on the fact that this inner critic is not as useful as we might have thought, right? This There is energy in criticism, but it's not the kind of energy that propels you forward to do great things. It's the kind of energy that sort of shrinks you back and makes you feel small. Right. And keeps you stuck in in this small little girl, um, the not good enough zone, you know, couldn't don't don't see me. Don't pick me. I'm not lovable. I'm not this. And we definitely don't want that. We wouldn't want that for, you know, no, nobody would say, oh, that's what I want for my daughter. You know, that's how I know you don't want that for your daughter. Right. You want to be in a place of um, feeling feeling yourself in your power. Right. And that inner critic 
it keeps us in our comfort zone. And our spirit says, hey, get out of that. Get out there and blaze. Do what's in your what's in your soul, what you're meant to be here to do. But and then get out of your comfort zone. But our inner critics like, oh no, you might fail or you'll be judged. All that crap. Let it go. Just you do you. You feel what's in your heart and don't don't take any crap from that inner critic. You just go. You know, no I fear. No fear. I love it. No fear. fear. Yeah. Right. Um, there is, and, I, and you're just barking at me. Uh, I can't remember this particular writer, uh, but he said, fear stands for face everything and rise. Right. And mm-hmm. I would love to, the fact of um, living long enough where failure becomes fun. Right. Where failure becomes fun. Where you say, oh my gosh, did I do that? Yeah, and you just like what you know, and right. like, the opportunity to, to to try it again because honestly, we learn from our failures. Our failures make us human. We don't want to make uh, we don't want to make the same mistake over and over again, but we'll make it until we until we can see beyond it, and it's okay to do it over and over again. Because I keep trying, I right? Keep, right, and I get a prize. Yes, there is a prize for just showing up. There is a prize for just trying again. There is a prize for just being willing to look at yourself fully and say, gosh, I absolutely love this woman. You know, look at what she's triumphed over, right? Or look at what, even if you have, sometimes I laugh at Lynette and I say to myself, goodness gracious, look at me failing at this again, right? (laughs) You you spend time, you know, you you wish that you're getting better at something and something and you look, oh my gosh, I failed that again. And at some point we have to look at ourselves and just laugh. I say, if this was a comedy, if this was a movie on a big screen, it'd be great. (laughs) It'd be great. You know, you'd find something to laugh at. So I think that's important. Laughter is a big part of, um, of, um, helping to, I think, soothe that inner critic and get to this place where we can listen to the inner coach. Let's talk, switch gears a little bit and talk about that inner coach. Um, how do we, I mean, first of all, do all of us have an inner coach? Is I believe a- so. Yeah, absolutely. But it just gets covered up by our egos or the inner critic. But we all have it. It's that thing where it's in us from the day we're born and we have it until the day we leave this planet. It's all our cells in our body change, everything change, situations, relations, everything change, not our spirit. We all know what I'm talking about. It's that thing we feel when we see a sunset or when we look in the eyes of a child, I don't, you know, whatever it is, that feeling, and it just brings us right in alignment with the world or I it's so it's a concept and it's so hard to put words to it but we all know what that feels like but it just gets so buried 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 and that's why we're we have so much anxiety depression all that but it's that we got we have to get clear it up clear that stuff out and be clear with our with that thing you know it's like someone said you know, you can talk about what chocolate is, but you don't know it unless you taste it. You know, it's like that thing. And we've all tasted it. We know what we're talking about, but sometimes we forget. Just, yeah, yeah sometimes we I think forget. We opened up with that. You talked about how um, you can 
lose touch with yourself, right? And in that, when I when you just said that, you know, the anxiety, the depression, right? You know, I, um, I was, you know, of course, you're a social worker, but I've read all these things over my years that depression is because we spend too much time thinking about the past, and anxiety is too, we spend too much time worrying about the future, and all the while. The beautiful, the beautiful, powerful present is right here. And we don't want to look at it. Right. We don't want to look at right now. And why is that? Why don't we? What is it in us as humans, as women that resist? There's that, that inner coach has got to be saying, hey, right now, let's let's look at right now. Why don't we? What, why, why don't we do that? What, what are we? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, I don't have all the answers, obviously, but just watching my husband and it took him over his inner critic took him over and he lost his true self. And I said to him at one point, do you own the mask or does the mask own you? And he knew he knew what I meant. So I knew there was a space in there. But unfortunately, he just got too buried in in the ego or the inner critic and he lost it. And he uh, became someone who he wasn't in our, he was, it's like your false self and your true self and his false self just took him over and he didn't even know who he was anymore. But he, he, and, you know, and that's the thing with all our systems, our society, it just constantly bombards us with, you know, buy this, do this, uh, be this person. It has these images we're supposed to strive for. And, and it's, you know, if we don't stay in touch with our true self, we will fall into that trap and become someone we don't even know anymore. And that's not where you want to be. That's, suicide that's depression that's anxiety that's not being comfortable in your own skin being comfortable in your own skin and we look at we we see children right playing and they definitely appear to be comfortable in their own skin it doesn't matter what the name is on their jeans or their tiny little sneakers they're comfortable in their own skin and somewhere along the line, we continue to grow in our knowledge, right? This is, this is supposed to be, I call it knowledge, not wisdom. And we continue to grow in our knowledge and we're able to place value on things. And the more we place value on things, it seems the less value we place on ourselves. Right. And the expectations of others, you know, are, we're first born, we're innocent, like you say, we're fully, fully in our spirit. And then we get, you know, our caregivers have these expectations, you know, they'll reward us for this behavior, punish us for another behavior. We're just kind of pulled, you know, how other people want us to be. But it's, um, we're conditioned. And there's a lot, you know, and I work with homeless youth and the conditioning they get is, you know, oh my God, it's awful from day one. And you have to unravel that, you know, they have to step back and that's what we try to work with them to unravel that and get to know you're not what people expected of you or told you you were and find your true self in them. We work on them to find that spark and really dig in and, and just, 
get that solid feeling and then encourage them to just blast off with it. And we've seen a lot of success with that. I bet you have, because what, what one person, what one loving word will do is almost unquantifiable. It's huge. And, you know, the other point is that we believe there's two things every human, not just the kids we work with, every human wants, and that's to be accepted and feel significant. You want to feel connected. You want to feel not judged. And then you want to feel like you matter. Your life matters. And so many of us with our, you know, we're not connected. Our sense of community is gone. We're all on social media or whatever. I mean, you can, you know, social media can be good in certain ways, but I mean, we're losing our sense of connection and we're beginning to feel like we just don't matter. And, you know, people don't have close friends like they used to. Families aren't taking care of each other like they used to. I mean, we see this with the rise in homelessness and that's all that, but it's um, two needs. We, as humans, we just need that. So, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're so right. We do, we do need that. And and it's two needs. I want to just, we're nearing to the end of our show. I want to talk a little bit about the book and where people can get the book, but um, two needs that everyone has. Not just teenagers, not just women, but men also, everyone has this to be accepted and to be significant. Mm-hmm. And to when you ex- go through, yeah, when you go through life, give your heart to others, especially women. Do it, give them, listen to them, truly listen to them. He, make them feel like they're seen and they're they're accepted. You're not judging them and make them and really look at someone from a soul to soul place, not a role to role, you know, just be real with each other and honest in love, 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 love is everything, man. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I think we're on to something. I'm, I'm, I'm in my seventies zone. I've seen Bill dancing in a circle and we're on the love and the peace. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I think I was saying, you know, um, to love and accept yourself and, and consider yourself significant, right, allows you to love and accept others and consider them significant, right? right. And to spend that time, slow yourself down, allow yourself this. I, I know life is, it can, it can feel harsh and it can feel cold and it can feel lonely. But I think what you just said, Lynette, is we as women have the ability to bring love to any space. Absolutely. Yeah, that ability. Now, when we bring it, other people have the have the have the right to receive it or to decide decide not to receive it. But don't don't let that be the reason that we don't bring it. Right. Bring it anyway. Love love is contagious. When you give it, others feel it. They want to share it too. Mm -hmm. We've got to spread the joy. Absolutely. We have to spread the joy. So tell us uh, about the book, the title, where we can get it. Okay. It's called The Fight Inside, and it's up on Amazon with Kindle paperback and hardcover versions. The Fight Inside. And it starts inside. It really does. It does, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's nursing side. We've been talking today to Lynette Eddy. She is a has a master's in social work, and we're talking today about the inner critic and the inner coach. And a lot of things have been said that she shared with us today, but know this as a woman, as a human, we all have both inside of us. And there's an ancient proverb that I read many, many years ago. You guys probably know this. Uh, when asked, you know, which beast grows within us most good or evil, the critic or the coach, whichever one you feed. Right? Absolutely. We today, right? Yeah, yeah. So feed that, feed that. Get get the book on Amazon. Surround yourself with things that ignite your soul and your spirit that allow you to hear your inner coach. As Lynette said, we all of us have an inner coach. The voice just gets smaller and smaller as we pile more and more stuff on top of it. But the good thing is, is that we put that stuff there. We let that stuff get out there and we can unpile it and hear that voice. And we can do that by engaging in things that allow us to connect to our energy, allow us to connect to our inner feelings. So Lynette, I, I love having you on the show. How can, um, what are you doing that our audience can connect to? How can we support your work? Well, I have a website, lynetteeddy.com, and I talk a little bit. I have uh, more information on like the traps of the inner critic, or I call the ego, things to watch out for. So there's, there's some helpful things on my website. I call it the open heart mindfulness model. Um, it's a way, a, kind of a therapeutic model. And um, yeah, so you can contact me through my website, uh, buy the book, The Fight Inside. Um, yeah, and I, whatever. I'm all, always answer your emails if I can. Uh, I always do. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you, having you on a show. This is the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Show, where I promise you, that if you will continue to pursue your happiness, you'll find that it is right where you left it inside of you. Until next time, become your happiest self. We'll talk soon. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.